Right, we're back with episode two. There were some technical difficulties between episode one and two, which hopefully you never experienced because you just found it, in which case there shouldn't be any technical difficulties because it was all on my end, and there was about a month gap. Uh, but we're back with episode two. I did decide to switch up the uh, the order of the show because I feel like just being on the forums and realizing how many people never played vanilla or have a very viewed very warped view of vanilla i'm gonna switch up the order and instead of just talking more about why uh blizzard shouldn't change things i'm gonna try to expound on what made vanilla so great in the first place and hopefully that will make it self-evident why they shouldn't be changing a bunch of things now, obviously, it's difficult to do if you've never played it or if you haven't played it in a long time, but I'm going to do my best. And in that sense, I'm going to uh, be doing a class talk for each of the classes, and then I'll probably do different things after that. But I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to do class talk now in the beginning so you can get an idea of why uh, the game is so well-loved by people who played it back in the day like myself. So what I'm going to start off with is Warlocks, because I feel like Warlocks are one of those classes that people really, even back in vanilla, people really didn't understand Warlocks. Um, and there, there's just a ton of evidence for that. They were very big, they were very bad in the beginning, um, which makes it so that if they do a progressive rollout system of the patches, where we start without new talents, like we start without the 1.12 talents from the beginning, which is what most private servers do. They roll out the content, uh, starting with the content that's originally out, and then every few months they release things like Dire Maul, BWL, uh, Encourage, Noxrama, stuff like that. It comes out every few months, but the, the talents and the abilities are all at baseline 1.12. Um, which is good for Warlocks because their talents and abilities in the beginning are very, very bad. Even, like, their most powerful ability is Death Coil in vanilla, and it's not even close. It's a two-second Horrify, which doesn't share diminishing returns with any other form of CC in the game, that does, like, a good nuke. It's, like, 600 damage, and it can crit, um... And it also heals you for the amount of damage that it deals. So it's a CC that deals damage and heals you. And it doesn't share diminishing returns. And it's what lets you get space in PvP. Because once Warlocks... All Warlocks want in PvP is space. Because they have some of the strongest CC and they have really good damage later on at least in the very beginning like i said uh they're very nerfed so for example death coil which i just talked about it doesn't horrify in its first iteration so all it does is damage and heals you for the damage so they literally added on one of the strongest cc effects in the game because because it doesn't share diminishing returns with anything you can you can death coil out of stuns, you can death coil out of polymorph, you can death coil out of fear or seduce, you can death coil out of anything, and it'll just keep the CC chain going. 
and that's literally not on DevCoil on release. So that's an example of why Warlocks gets so much stronger when the abilities and talents get updated. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start with the theme of the class. Uh, so the theme of the Warlock is uh, all about demons and damage over time. Now, in a raid scenario, that changes, but in everything else besides raiding, the theme is damage over time. So, like, the first ability you get is Shadow Bolt, but after that, like, your next couple abilities are, like, Corruption, Curse of Agony, Immolate. Uh, I'm just going to briefly go over, like, some of the core spells. So, Shadow Bolt is just your standard nuke. It's, like, Frostbolt or Fireball uh, for mages. It's just a cha it's just a cast time that does shadow damage. It's your main ability in raiding. Um, if you're a destruction warlock, you'll use it the most um, in PvP. Whereas if you're affliction or demonology, you won't use it as much. But if you if you're affliction, um, you do get it from a talent called Nightfall which gives your Corruption and Drain Life spells a, ch a chance to proc a free instant cast Shadow Bolt, which is very strong. Um, then you got Corruption, which is a damage over time spell. Curse of Agony, which is a ramping damage over, spell over time spell. Um, so it, it starts off doing less, and then it does more towards the end of the spell. And you got uh, Fear, which is the Warlock primary CC. It's a 1.5 second cast time. And the target runs around uh, randomly in fear. Uh, some people think it makes you run in a specific direction. That's not how it is in vanilla. It's pretty much random. Um, and it can break on damage, but it's not guaranteed to break on damage like polymorph. So you can fear them and then you can load up your dots. Because if you fear them and then cast a shadow bolt, it has a higher chance to break. Because uh, the more damage you do, the higher chance it has to break. But if you put on Corruption and Curse of Agony, you're basically doing no damage because they're good, they're dots and they have to tick their damage before Fear has a chance to break. Um, so normally what you'll do is you will Fear and then you put on all your dots and then you Immolate and then you, so you have a whole row of dots, Siphon Life if you have it, um, and then you start casting Shadow Bolts into them. That's the normal for PvP. Even for PvE, you would do the same thing. You wouldn't fear a mob in PvE and then immediately start hardcasting Shadowbolt. So, um, yeah, that leads me into leveling. So, in terms of leveling difficulty, this is just something I'm going to do for all the classes as I talk about them. The leveling difficulty for Warlocks is quite low. They have pets. Oh, that's another thing I didn't talk about for unique things. But I talked about it for the theme of the class. They have pets. Warlock is one of the two pet classes in vanilla. Um, uh, mages don't get water elementals in vanilla. So the only two classes that have pets are hunters and warlocks. So warlocks get like four real pets. They get imps, they get void walkers, they get succubus, and they get uh, fell hunter, which all serve completely different purposes which I'll go into later. And then they can also summon Doom Guards and Infernals. But those are like, those are hour-long cooldowns. Um, and the Warlock, you, the, the Doom Guard, you have to, it's a, it's a whole ritual 
that five people have to click on a thing and then the doom guard will automatically kill one of them and then you have to enslave it no i'm not kidding that's just how vanilla was but the infernal is an actual you just summon it from the sky um by yourself you don't need a whole ritual for that and it comes pre uh enslaved because you can also enslave random demons in vanilla like if you find a cool demon out in the wild you can actually take it as your pet and it lasts for like five minutes and then you can re-enslave it and it lasts shorter amount of time that kind of thing it's pretty cool um but yeah leveling difficulty leveling difficulty is very low because they have pets, and pet classes are very strong in vanilla for leveling. Hunters are the strongest leveling class. Warlocks are not the strongest, but they're up there. They're probably top three, maybe top four, um, depending how you want to rank them. Uh, so why are they so strong? So they have pets, so they have something to tank for them. Um... Damage over time spells are very good in terms of their mana efficiency to damage. So Warlocks can keep going for a long time. And what makes them go basically forever is the fact that they can self-heal with Drain Life or Siphon Life. And they can turn their healing, they can turn their health into mana with Life Tap, um, which lets them go forever. Now... In terms of efficiency, it's sometimes it's not optimal to go actually forever. Because what you can do later on when you get Siphon Life is you can multi-pull. So what you'll do is you send your pet on one mob and you fully dot it, which will rip aggro. Uh, the Warlock pets are much worse than the Hunter pets in holding aggro. The Voidwalker, is not, the Voidwalker taunt is not nearly as good as uh, pet taunt, and the Voidwalker has very low damage. So... It's not great for holding aggro later on um, when you start doing more damage. But in the beginning, it's fine. And so you'll fully dot that one target, and then you'll fully dot another target and fear that target. And uh, mobs in PvE have a relatively low chance to break fear un until a lot of damage has been done. And then you'll finish off the first target, and then you'll finish off the second target, and then you life tap, and you're good to go. Now, eventually you will run out, and it's it's actually faster to just eat and drink. Like, you can keep going forever if you focus on killing one mob at a time, drain lifing, and life tapping. But that's not really efficient at that point. It's okay to eat and drink a little bit. Um, but you can keep going forever if you want, and it's very efficient. So, Warlocks are very strong at leveling. Um, I always level as Affliction. That's personally my favorite spec. And I like leveling as it, as doing that, like multi-killing mobs. You can also level as Demonology, where you have a much higher emphasis on your demons. Um, and your demons will carry more of the load. They'll do more of the damage, um, obviously, since it's a whole tree focused on demons. But I do not like Demonology nearly as much. And they don't get... Um, they don't get fell guards, which they do in Burning Crusade. They they level, they normally level with a uh, right. That's Burning Crusade, or is that Rathalage King? No, that must be Burning Crusade. I never played Demonology. I, I, I don't like the spec that much. Um, it's it's strong for raiding in the beginning, uh, which I'll explain later, but. 
it's not my favorite tree, and I never level as it. But you can level as demonology. You definitely can. You cannot level as destruction. Of course you can, technically. But it's like playing a Moonkin Druid. It's very mana intensive. It's a lot of hard casting Shadow Bolt. Um, it's very expensive. It, it's just slow. It's very slow. I would not recommend anyone level as destruction. Uh, it's a good tree at 60 if you want to PvP. And almost every rating spec goes 21 points into destruction for Ruin, which is the 21-point talent that increases the critical strike damage of your destruction spells by 100. And considering for most of uh, all of your damage comes from hardcasting Shadow Bolt uh, or getting procs from Nightfall uh, when you're finally going um, Affliction Destruction, like most of your damage will come from Shadow Bolt. So Ruin just increases the critical strike damage bonus of your Shadow Bolt by 100%. So it makes it hit twice as hard when it crits. Um, well, it increases the critical strike damage bonus. So that's that's it doesn't make it hit twice as hard. I misspoke. But you get the idea. So, but that's... Going 21 points into destruction for Ruin is very different than going a full destruction build. Because... The last 10 points that you put into Ruin are all Immolate and uh, Fire Damage based. And then you get Conflagrate, which consumes the Immolate to do an instant cast nuke. Um, that's what Conflagrate does. So that turns you from, instead of a Shadow Bolt spamming class, you turn into a uh, Fire Damage based class. Where you focus more on Immolate and conflagrate searing pain and soul fire and it's it's for pvp you're not going to go 31 points into destruction for pve um until maybe like on garage maybe you can get away with that um i i never really tried it out but you know maybe i know at least one guy in my guild wanted to try a deep fire build for on garage so we will see how that works out. Um, let's see. What's next? Unique aspects of the class. So let's see. What are some unique Warlock quests? We got uh, the different... Actually, Warlocks have a lot of quests. This is one of the best class for doing class quests. You get... Um, so first of all, you get your mount for free at level 40. All it takes is you have to buy the skill off the trainer, which is like free gold, as opposed to the 90 gold you would need for assuming you have um, assuming you have the rep. Uh, so mounts at 40 are 100 gold base, and then if you are, uh, I believe it's honored with the faction that you're buying it from, which you will be if you've quested at all, it's 90 gold. And then if you're a sergeant in PvP, which is rank free. It's 80 gold total for the the mount itself and the training. Um, so warlocks get it for like free gold, so it's quote unquote free at 40. And then at 60, once um, Dire Maul comes out, uh, you can do an epic quest line for your warlock epic mount, the epic fell steed, um, and 
when I played my Warlock on Nostalrius private server, I had my epic mount before Dire Maul came out. So I never did that. I never because uh, if you do that that way, if you get the Fell Steed, um, you would have to do the whole quest line and buy all the consumables. So I instead I had a Mechano Strider because I was a gnome. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a cool quest line though. If you ever get a chance and you've never seen it, and someone's like, "Hey, I need someone to help me do my uh, warlock epic mount quest," like, go do it. It's it's cool. It's in Dire Mall uh, East, I want to say. It's east or west. I know that. Is it east or west? No, maybe it is Dire Mall West. Um, it's where that big uh, that big. God, now I can't remember anything. That big, like, uh, demon dog is where the big tree is. <laughs> I can't remember anything. Anyway, it's in Dire Mall. It's a cool quest line. I don't I don't remember. Imulfar. I know it's his name, but I don't know. It, he looks like a giant fellhound, but he has a different model with, like, more eyes. Anyway, it's it's cool. It That's, that's where it is. Um, so that's a cool quest line if you're playing a warlock. Um, and you want to get your epic mount, and you don't get it before Dire Maul. So then we got uh, just a couple other cool ones. So there's like, uh, oh, you get to do a quest line where you either get a weapon or an offhand. It's like the Orb of Dorahil, I think it is, or Staff of Dorahil. So that's a cool, you get a nice uh, upgrade for your weapon. Um, there's also the Enchanted... Uh, enchanted gold robe or enchanted blood robe it's a nice it's a really nice chest piece with a bunch of stamina that you get around like level 35 or 40 um and that's just a it's it's a nice upgrade if you want to spend the time to do it it does take some time but you're gonna wear that piece for like 10 15 levels because it's just a lot of stamina and um you also get quests for your demons Obviously, not all of them. Um, I think you get your succubus. It's just a it's just a trained. Um, but I think Fellhunter, Voidwalker, and Imp are all quests, if I'm not mistaken. And and there's other quests that I'm missing. But warlocks have a lot of quests. They might have, if not the most, they're they're up there for some of the most class quests. So that's fun to do as you're leveling up. Uh, when I played a druid, which was my first class back in vanilla, druids have the least class quests, which always kind of bugged me. Because after aquatic form and poison quest, you don't get any other class quests for the rest of the game, which is pretty sad. Um, so let's move on. So what is the warlock's role in PvP and in raids? In PvP, warlocks, after they... Um, if we're on 1.12 talents, Warlocks in PvP are pretty strong. They're definitely not the strongest, but they can hold their own um, after they get Death Coil. So at level 42, Warlocks turn from one of the worst classes into a pretty strong PvP class. Because Warlocks get Death Coil at level 42, and it's actually a hugely important spell. Um, because... For Warlocks, what they need to do is they can always put on 
assuming they're specting to corruption. So corruption is a two second cast time, like base, and uh, you can spec five points into it, which you would if you're going to be using the spell a lot, which you would if you're leveling as Affliction. And you would even get it as if you're Demonology. Anytime you're leveling, you're basically going to have improved Corruption. So it reduces the cast time of your Corruption to, to instant cast. So you can always get off Curse of Agony and Corruption, but that's not enough to kill a target. So you need to get at least an Immolate off and one to two more spells. And that's enough to kill someone. Corruption, Curse of Agony, Immolate, and, and probably two Shadow Bolts is enough to kill someone. So how are you going to get that Immolate and two Shadow Bolts off? If you're playing, if a rogue jumps on you, your only chance is to have a Voidwalker as your pet. And you have to sacrifice the Voidwalker. And you have to try to... <clears throat> You have to try to get a fear off. And if you're playing as Alliance, you have to hope that they're not undead, which they might be. There's a good chance if you're playing an Alliance Warlock, it's a it's it's a huge uphill battle. So let me go over that real quick. Uh, undead in vanilla have Will of the Forsaken, which is a five second fear, seduce, and sleep break. So it breaks it and then gives you immunity for five seconds. So if you see that you're going to get feared, you can even pre-cast it and the fear will do nothing. Or uh, if you're afraid that you're going to get feared more than once, you can let the fear happen, instantly break it because you see that it's going to happen. And then it'll be put on diminishing returns. So even after Will of the Forsaken runs out, if they get another fear off, it'll be half as long. So instead of eight seconds, it'll be four seconds. So that's um, that just depends on the fight and how it's going. Um, but if a rogue jumps you, which is rogue is Warlock's biggest problem in vanilla, at least until much later when they get a lot of gear in Ankaraj and Noxramas. Warlocks are a big problem, or uh, rogues are a big problem for Warlocks. So your only chance then is to have Voidwalker sacrifice, because that's one of Voidwalker's abilities. The Voidwalker dies, and you gain a large shield because you need that health. And you have to try to get a fear off and hope that he's not undead or that he doesn't have PvP trinket. And if you get that fear off, you can set up an immolate and you can start either drain lifing if you're low or you can start casting shadow bolts and going for the kill and you might kill him. It's definitely the rogue's fight to lose because if he doesn't miss his kick, um, he can just kick you, he can gouge you, he can kidney shot you. Anything to interrupt fear, because you have no way to get him off of you until Death Coil. That's the first ability that you can create space, which is what Warlocks need in PvP, is space. So that's like if you're leveling up. Like, let's say you're at 60, um, and you're in a pre-made. Your job is to do damage and uh, control the field. So fear is still one of the strongest abilities in the game. Um, obviously, if you're in an organized PvP setting, it can be dispelled, so that's kind of a problem. And in vanilla, dispels versus a warlock are um, they're pretty crippling because you don't have unstable affliction, which you get in uh, Burning Crusade, which creates uh, protection for your dots. 
because if the target dispels it, they'll get negative, they'll get silenced basically for five seconds. You don't have that in vanilla. So if there's a priest on the enemy team or a paladin or a druid or a mage, and all they're doing is dispelling you, um, it's a problem. It, um, especially if you're affliction, because there's pretty much nothing you can do besides just hard cast shadow bolts, which is not something you want to be doing if you are affliction. So, dispels are a problem in an organized PvP setting, but one thing you can always do is try to CC the healer, um, or whoever is dispelling, and then you can, eat, or you can just kill whoever is dispelling you. Um, but for the most parts in PvP, you're not like the main focus of a fight. You're there to provide, you're not the warrior that's charging in and taking most of the attention you're not the healer that the enemy team is trying to focus down or CC. What you're there to do is to support and provide damage as much as possible. And chaos. Warlocks are good at chaos. Um, and if you're running a destruction build in PvP, like a full destruction build, um, like Drake Dog, which is a very form famous Warlock PvP player who basically revolutionized... Uh, warlock pvp because he was one of the first i'm not gonna say the first because it was probably someone else but he's the most famous um vanilla warlock and he showed people that warlocks could be extremely strong in pvp if you use consumables right and you used especially the succubus um most people in pvp run with the fell hunter um because it has it can eat uh, magic effects either on the target that you're attacking or on yourself so if someone polymorphs you you can dispel yourself which is the, you're the only class in the game that can do that um, like paladins can obviously break it with a uh, bubble but you're the only class that can self dispel uh, a crowd control effect if it's magic um, or you can dispel the enemy target, so you can eat like a power ward shield, or an ice barrier, or a blessing, something like that. Mark of the Wild, etc. Um, and then it also has a silence on, I believe, a 24 second cooldown. Um, and it silences them for 4 seconds. Uh, or, sorry, it's an interrupt, and if you hit a spell, that school will be silenced for 4 seconds. Um, I believe the silence itself is... Is it a blanket silence? It might even be a blanket silence. Uh, now my memory is... Now my memory is going. I should have looked that up. Anyway, it's either an interrupt or it's just a blanket silence. It might just be a blanket silence. And I might just... It might just be a blanket free second silence now that I'm thinking about it. I might have been thinking of Counterspell. Yeah, you know what? I think it is just a blanket silence. I was just wrong. Um, anyway, most people use a fell hunter, um, especially if you're affliction. You're always going to be using a fell hunter. Um, Demonology will sometimes use a fell hunter, uh, but destruction started running with a succubus because if they're if the target is attacking you and you have the succubus planted like ten yards, twenty yards away, it can cast seduce which is a 1.5 second cast that CCs the target for 8 seconds, um, assuming it's a humanoid target. 
and that'll let you set up like shadow bolts, immolates. It 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 buys you time, which is warlock's biggest uh, need, which is what I'm harping on right now. Warlocks need time. Um, so that's what hard that's what hard destruction normally plays with. It's a succubus, and they focus on using uh, fire damage with immolate, conflagrate, searing pain, shadow burn. Which is one of the strongest abilities. Shadowburn is uh, it's an instant cast uh, shadow damage ability, and if the target dies within five seconds, uh, and it uses a soul shard, uh, which I haven't even gone over yet. I'll go over soul shards right after this. But it it uh, it does if the target dies within five seconds, you get your soul shard back. So what are soul shards? Which is something I should have covered a long time ago. So soul shards is how warlocks summon all of their pets except for the imp. The imp does not need a soul shard. All the other pets need a soul shard. You can also make health stones, which need a soul shard. Uh, soul stones, which need a soul shard. And certain other things consume a soul shard, like uh, soul fire and shadow burn. Uh, but shadow burn can obviously give its soul shard back if you kill the target within five seconds. So, uh, how do warlocks get soul shards? They have a spell called Drain Soul that when a target dies, that gives XP or honor, and you're casting Drain Soul. It's a it's a it's like a 14 second channel. Um, if the target dies, you'll get a soul shard, which just goes in your bag that you can then use as a consumable, which is something that a lot of warlocks... Cr- oh, also summoning. Summoning um, is something that Warlocks can do. They're the only class that could do it in vanilla. Man, I'm all over the place. I forgot all of this earlier. So if you've been yelling at me this whole time, like, talk about soul shards. Soul shards are so annoying. Like, here we go. Um, so Warlocks are the only class in vanilla that can summon. There are no summoning stones. So um, Warlocks get a spell called Summon, where they can summon people in their party or their raid. To wherever they are if two other people click the portal um and that also requires a soul shard so before raids warlocks typically if they're like in a bad guild that doesn't require their raid members to be at the the dungeon before the raid starts uh warlocks would have to summon or uh, go farm a bunch of soul shard off of mobs and um summon the whole raid now that's not normally something that you would do, but it is very useful. So what you can do is like, let's say you're running a five-man dungeon and you have a warlock and the warlock and two other people show up and the other two people are on the other continent. You can just summon them there and save like 10, 15 minutes of travel. So warlocks are very useful for that. Um, in raids, if somebody shows up late, you can go out and summon them. Um, if someone has to go back and repair, you can summon them, etc., etc. Uh, it's just a very, very useful spell to get around the map, which is huge in vanilla. Um, it's a much bigger map than in any other point in time. So summons are very strong, and that all all of that relies on soul shards. Um, and then eventually warlocks get soul shard bags, which are bigger than average bags that you can only put soul shards into, which I never liked. Um, I feel like it's kind of... I would rather have more bag space and uh, in general than have a big soul shard bag because I normally didn't find myself running around with like 30 soul shards, like taking up a bunch of bag space, but some people do. 
And some people really love those slow shard bags. So that's one thing that Blizzard did add later on to make it uh, more convenient for Warlocks to carry large amount of soul shards. And, and another thing a lot of people did is they would have a soul shard bag in their bank and they would swap out a soul shard bag in their bank for an empty one before raids. So they would have a bunch of soul shards already saved up. Um, and if you're playing with warlocks in raids, try not to make them use soul shards for everything because they have to use them for soul stones. They have to use them for health stones. So it's kind of frustrating if everybody's asking for all kinds of soul shard based consumables because then the warlock will run out very quickly um let's see okay so talents oh right what were their roles in pvp so that's their role in pvp and soul shards so their role in pve is damage that's their only role and they bring unique crowd control effects cc that other classes cannot do which is banish is the big one um Banish is Warlocks can uh, remove where the target cannot be attacked or damaged in any way. And the target is like stunned for, I think it's, it's like 30 or 40 seconds. Um, but it only works on demons and elementals, which are very common in Molten Core and slightly less common in... Uh, the rest of the raids, but there are always some places for Warlocks to banish something. And especially in Molten Core, it's very strong. Like, th there are certain bosses that require... Okay, they might not technically require, but every raid wants to bring some Warlocks for... Especially Gar in Molten Core, who has eight... Um, who has eight elemental adds that you want to CC... And there's just a bunch of pulls in Molten Core that Warlocks can CC a target. If there's a, a patrol that you didn't account for that runs into your group, you can banish it. And it's just a very, very strong CC. But other than that, Warlocks bring damage. Now, almost all of the Warlocks' damage is based off of Shadow. Um, especially uh, before Ankaraja and Nax, where some people try to run fire. But it's it's if you're just playing a standard typical warlock, your 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 damage is going to come from shadow. Now warlocks bring two um, unique curses that are very strong in uh, a raid scenario. They have curse of elements and they have curse of shadows. So and both of those need to be up on the target that you're killing, like the the main target. Uh, shadows, um, I think, is Shadow damage increased by 5% or... Hold on, let me double check that. Okay, yeah, it's 8%. So shadows increases the shadow and arcane damage taken by 8% and reduces the target's arcane and shadow resistance by 60 for 5 minutes. And then elements does this exact same thing except it's for fire and frost damage. So... Those two increase your, your raids damage by a large amount, especially the more mages and warlocks that you're running. Or uh, boomkins, obviously, if they're casting starfire, or shadow priests. Um, so those two are, and then obviously elements is for frost and fire mages. 
uh, depending on whether you're running on Courage or Molten Core. So those two shadows or those two curses are both very, very, very strong. Um, and you're always going to want those up on your target. Uh, so that's how they help the rest of the raid. They also have um, Curse of Doom. So in a fight where um, the fight's going to take longer than a minute and somebody is off tanking an ad, um, what you can do is you can have all your Warlocks put Curse of Doom on that target that you're not going to be killing until after a minute. Because Curse of Doom is a curse that takes a full minute to expire and then at the end of a minute it does like over 3000 shadow damage it does not work in pvp it's only a raid or dungeon ability mostly a raid because you're not going to set up like a dungeon uh mob that you're going to kill over a minute later so it's for raiding um and there's some neat things you can do where you can put curse of doom up on a target that you're not focusing because one thing that and this is just important for all um, vanilla raiding, and even in PvP, is there is a debuff limit in vanilla. So you can't just have any number of debuffs on a target. In the beginning of vanilla, the debuff limit was 8, which is extremely low. You have 40-man raids, and you can only have 8 debuffs on the target. And it actually impacts the kind of classes and... Uh, abilities that you can bring to a raid because certain things will knock off other debuffs which you do not want you actually have to micromanage as a guild which eight debuffs you want on the target in order to maximize dps now later on that debuff limit gets raised to 16 um but in the beginning it's eight and it is very detrimental it actually changes what the best raid spec for several classes are especially warlocks um, because for Warlocks, you can't put um, Corruption up on the target. And you can't put Curse of Agony. You can't put Immolate. Like, all of those are what's what are called trash debuffs that only impact your damage. Um, which are not... Uh, which That's not okay for you to do in Vanilla. You can't just have a debuff on there that only helps you do damage. You need, like, uh, Sunder Armor which reduces the armor of the target from warriors, uh, which helps all of the melee damage do more DPS. You have Curse of Shadows, Curse of Elements, um, which help multiple people do damage. Uh, you have normally like Demoralizing Shout, so the tank takes less damage. Maybe you have Fairy Fire, which also reduces the armor, so your melee DPS does more damage. Um, you have like Winter's Chill from Mages, which makes uh, all of the Mages' Frost abilities have an increased chance to crit, uh, which is the idea. You want debuffs on there that help the entire raid. Um, you don't have room for Serpent Sting. You don't have room for Rend. You don't have room for any of those like personal like uh, abilities. So how that affects Warlocks is... It actually changes what the best um, talents are for different points in rating. So when the debuff, so that's what I'm going to go over next. I'm going to go over some some talent trees for different roles. So for rating, um, in the beginning, 
Warlocks when there's only eight debuff limits and they can't use Corruption, which is very important because uh, the best Warlock spell later on when you can use Corruption, the best talent tree is to go what's called um, SM Ruin, which stands for Shadow Mastery in Affliction and then Ruin in Destruction. So Shadow Mastery and Affliction increases the damage dealt or life drained by your Shadow Spells by 10% if you put all 5 points into it. Um, so you get 10% more damage on all of your Shadow Bolts. And you also combo that in Affliction with Nightfall, which is the one that gives your Corruption uh, a 4% chance whenever it does damage. It has a chance to give you a free Shadow Bolt. It reduces the casting time, not free mana, but it, it makes it an instant cast, your next Shadow Bolt. And you combo that with Ruin in Destruction, which makes your, uh, um, which makes the critical strike damage bonus of your Destruction spells increase by 100%, so it makes it hit, again, not twice as hard, just the critical strike damage is twice as much. So that's the normal rating build when you have enough debuff slots that you can actually use Corruption. You would go Shadow Mastery Ruin, which is called SM Ruin. It's 30 points in Affliction, 21 points in Destruction. And then you have... But you can't do that in the beginning when there are only 8 debuff slots. Because you cannot have all of your Warlocks use Corruption. Basically, none of your Warlocks are allowed to use Corruption. You have to use those debuff slots for other stuff. Oh, another debuff slot that everybody uses is Hunter's Mark for the attack power. Um... So what do you do if you can't do Shadow Master Ruin? Well, what the Hardcore Raiders do, and what I did on my Warlock, is you go uh, 30 points in Demonology and 21 points in Destruction for Ruin. Which is, uh, So you go MD Ruin, which stands for Master Demonologist. So what that does is, um, or you go Sacrifice, or DS Ruin. Either one of those. Those are both the same thing. Uh, Demonic Sacrifice is you sacrifice your pet and you gain 15% increased shadow damage if you sacrifice a succubus. So you do 15% more damage and you get ruin. Um, the reason why that isn't better than um, SM ruin, if you can use corruption, is because you don't get nightfall procs. Um, so that's just... It, it's weaker than... Uh, SM Ruin, but if you can't use the debuff slot for uh, Corruption, then it's actually stronger than SM Ruin. So, basically you go all the points in Demonology except for Soul Link, um, which I'll talk about when we get to the PvP talent trees. But for Warlocks, um, there's actually a neat thing that you can do um, on private servers, it was kind of bugged, and anybody could do it, but um, what we assume, and this was how it was in vanilla, is that only troll priests could do this, uh, because they had what was called, they had a ratio called berserking, which would increase your casting speed um, based on your missing health. So you could actually cast uh, resurrection which is a 10 second cast faster than 10 seconds. So, and this was kind of like uh, cheesy, but it made Warlocks do very nice damage, which is you could sacrifice your pet 
and then have a, a troll priest berserking res your pet. So you're not resummoning it, but you could have a uh, troll priest berserking res your pet, which would let you have the increased damage from sacrificing your pet, and you could have the increased damage from Master Demonologist, which is, uh, whenever you have your succubus out, increases all damage caused by 10%. So you could have the 15% shadow damage from sacrificing, and you could have your actual succubus be alive at the same time, so increasing your damage by 10%. So you'd have 25% increased damage when you combine those two, which is super strong, um, but very cheesy. And the reason only a troll priest could do it is because your pet would despawn before you could cast a normal res. Um... I think you could also technically have a druid um, battle res your pet. I'm actually not sure about that because when we played on private servers, we would just it was uh, it was not Blizz like, and you could just have any class um, res your pet because the pet wouldn't despawn quickly enough. But that was not the case in vanilla. You had to actually have a troll priest do it, or maybe battle res works, but. Eh, most people are not going to be okay with battle resing your pet. <laughs> They're going to look at you weird. But if they do do it, you're going to do a lot of damage. So that's the common... Uh, those are the common two raid specs. So you have uh, Demonology Destruction before the debuff limits, and then after you can cast Corruption on the target and actually keep it up there, you can go uh, SM Ruin, uh, which is Deep Affliction and Destruction. So, those are the two common um, rating specs. And so, for PvP, uh, most specs will, if you're being a serious PvP, like you're actually pushing for rank 10 plus any of those, you're probably going to want to go Soul Link. Um, because Soul Link is the last point in Demonology, and when it when active, 30% of all damage taken by the caster, so that's you, is taken by your pet instead, which is very strong. It's 30% of your damage is funneled from you to your pet. Uh, and in addition, both the demon and master will inflict 3% more damage, which is very strong. Very, very, very strong. So, uh, in conjunction, you're normally, if you're running Soul Link, you're running a Fell Hunter. And the Fell Hunter from Master Demonologist, when you have your Fell Hunter out, it increases all resistances by one per level. So if you're level 60 and you have Master Demonologist, you get 60 resist to everything, which is very, very strong in PvP. Because most people uh, run just enough hit uh, on their gear to get you above the base miss chance in PvP, um, which is 4%. You have a 4% chance to miss in PvP. So most people will run exactly 4%, so they have a 0% chance to be resisted. But if you have Master Demonologist, you're going to have a lot higher resist than they're, than they're ready for. Um, and you're going to resist a bunch of spells from priests, from mages, from other warlocks, which is very, very strong. And then you'll also go... Um, you can either go Destruction for Shadowburn, or you can go Affliction for Nightfall. 
uh, depending which one you want. But that's the typical PvP build is Soling, so you become a tanky, tanky guy, especially against spellcasters, because you'll have all those resistances. And then you either go Nightfall for the free Shadow Bolts, the instant cast Shadow Bolts, and the increased range on your Affliction spells, or you'll go Shadow Burn for burst damage. Um, and those are both strong options. It, it's, tip, it's whatever you like playing. Uh, other specs involve um, just... Uh, you can run SM Ruin. Uh, you can actually run that in PvP. Uh, it's much stronger with better gear. The better your gear is, the stronger SM Ruin is because you'll have more health, so you won't need Soul Link as much. Uh, Soul Link is very strong if you're uh, undergeared because it'll like it's like the strongest defensive talent in the game. So it helps a lot if you're undergeared. Uh, just to stay alive, and but you can run SM Ruin in PvP, or you can run like like heavy destruction, and you're all about immolate conflagrate and soul fire, and you're using a succubus. You're basically you're basically Drake dog. Uh, so those are your typical PvP builds. Now this is vanilla, so you can do a bunch of different stuff. Like don't think that just these trees are are the only things you can do. These are just the typical trees. There's a lot of other cool stuff you can do, um, which I highly recommend uh, experimenting. Just make sure that you don't experiment too much because then your respect cost will get out of control. You need to have a good idea uh, and play around with talent calculators. Now, all of that, all of this is subject to change depending on if we're playing with 1.12 talents or not. So... If we're playing with 1.12 talents, this will all be correct information. If we're not, a lot of things will change. I personally will not be making a Warlock as my first class um, because uh, the main problem they suffered was in vanilla is Warlocks need good itemization because Warlocks have two key stats uh, in PvP, which is health, stamina, and spell power. Those are their two most important stats in PvP. And it's very hard to get good gear that has both health and uh, spell power in early vanilla. Once Encourage and Naxxramas comes out, and even in BWL it gets a lot better, uh, Warlocks become much, much, much stronger. An Encourage geared Warlock is a destructive force. They will destroy you in PvP. Um... Whereas a Molten Core geared Warlock is food for other good geared players. It's it's not very strong. You have to be a very good Warlock to survive. Or you have to be specced into Soul Link to have the necessary survivability. Because the gear is just not optimized very well for Warlocks in early vanilla. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Okay, yeah, hit chance. So... Another big thing for Warlocks is Warlocks are one of the few uh, spellcasters that don't get any uh, spell hit chance in their um, talent trees. So, like, Mages get spell hit chance, War uh, Shadow Priest gets spell hit chance, uh, many other casts. I'm not sure if Druids do. I don't think Druids get spell hit chance. Um, but Warlocks do not, which is a huge weakness in early vanilla. So in like you need a lot of spell hit chance 
in vanilla. Basically as much as you can get, because resists are a huge problem in early vanilla. And warlocks can't get any spell hit chance from their talents. So where they get it from is gear. And the gear with spell hit chance is not out in early vanilla. Um, a lot of it comes from Zul'Gurub. The uh, Bloodvine set is huge for Warlocks because they need all that spell hit chance in PvE. So um, you're going to be at a disadvantage in early um, vanilla, assuming we're playing on a progressive patch. This is all assuming we're playing on a progressive patch system. Um, and not just all of it is dumped at once, and you can just go straight into like BWL on day one, etc. Um, so... Uh, mages are mages have a big advantage in early molten core because they do get spell hit chance. They get six percent from talents, which warlocks do not. So you just need to understand that warlocks in early vanilla are weaker than they will be in later vanilla, which is why I'll probably end up rolling a warlock, um, like as maybe my third or fourth class when. Uh, the later raids are out and there's more gear options and Warlocks become a monster later on. Uh, that's not to s discourage you from playing them in the beginning. Um, unless we're playing with no updated talents and no updated abilities, then I would say Warlocks are a very rough first class if we're playing on true like 1.1 talents and abilities. They, they're very weak in the beginning. Um, so just keep that in mind. You can still make it work, you can still dominate, but like it's going to be tough. You're going to be at a huge disadvantage. You're going to have to outplay some people. So let me wrap this up. Um, Warlocks are a very fun class in vanilla. I think all the classes in vanilla are fun, to be honest, so that's that's a very biased view. Uh, but they have a lot going for them in PvP. Once you get better gear, they become a lot like warriors. Warriors are very weak in the beginning when they have bad gear, but once they get some epics and once they get some nice gear and some survivability, and in Warrior's case, they get some damage, they become like monsters. Uh, in PvE, Warlocks are always very strong. Um, they're weaker than mages in the beginning, but towards Ankaraj and um, Naxxramas, except for whichever mage is rolling uh, Ignites, uh, Warlocks will be right there with all the other mages, if not stronger than the other mages, except for whichever mages rolling ignites, which I'll get to once we get to mages. But uh, I highly recommend um, Warlock. It's a fun class. If you're if you're thinking about it, uh, maybe this video helped, or the video, maybe this podcast helped. Maybe you learned something. Maybe you're more interested after I explained it. Um, but don't let people get you down. Like, don't don't let people tell you, like, oh, you're not playing a mage, you're shit. Like, Warlock's actually hard counter mages. So, <laughs> if you're playing versus mages a lot, which you will be, because mages are very popular in vanilla, you will actually dumpster a lot of mages. You have all the tools necessary to beat a mage. And it's actually a favored matchup for you. So, you have that going for you, if you feel like playing a Warlock. And you'll definitely be okay on the meters. Um, you're going to be casting Shadowbolt in raids. That's your only ability, basic, basically. You have other like utility spells, but all your damage is going to be coming from Shadowbolt. So keep that in mind. Uh, hopefully this was enlightening to some people. 
and I will do more uh, classes. I'm going to go through all the classes, like I said, and then we're going to move on to other topics once I feel like hopefully people have a basic idea of the classes. Because without that, a lot of my other talking points are going to fall on deaf ears because you won't understand what I'm saying. So hopefully you guys enjoyed, and if you did, I will see you next week.